The plague looms. An epidemic of global scale is brewing. We are host to a massive wave of parasites. Our arrogance and brashness are reduced when the germs hit. Our defenses are weakened, our attempts useless against a new breed of viruses and bacteria. Resistant to drugs, the unseen terror attacks from within, gutting our insides, immobilizing us, causing organ failure so swiftly that there is not enough time to discover a cure. The sickness hangs in the air, a thick, dirty fog that no one can escape. The hospitals are full, full of the sick and dying, and the bodies. The bodies pile up in the streets as everyone is left to fend for themselves. One by one, everybody succumbs. No one is spared from the plague. Earth is host. The plague is Earth's defense against infection. Infection from parasites. Human parasites. Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And what you just heard was the insert from Bacillus's Epidemic cassette we'll be talking about today, uh, fitting for these times, as we are, uh, this is our first episode in quarantine, <laughs> away from the Connellys. <laughs> Isolated episode. Well, not our first episode. We did a seven-inch episode for the Patreon uh, in the same fashion that was released last week. Um, but this is uh, this is us in separate rooms yes. listening yeah, together, yeah. separate is, places listening together. We're still sorting out all the, you know, sorting out the kinks and, and figuring it out, but... We have a big learning curve. Yeah, we yeah. We that learning uh, curve. Hopefully we're going to just, <laughs> you know, we're going to keep honing in this style uh, as these weeks and months and who knows how long goes and, on. And we even have a handmade listening sheet because we don't have a printer. We do. We have <laughs> brand new uh, Terra designed listening sheets for this episode they're and, fun. And I mean, <laughs> they look awesome. I'm a little jealous. I have uh, yeah. I have my good. normal boring printed ones and <laughs> you have these cool hand drawn um, ones. But yeah. Um, and also just a quick, you know, Gray mentioned the seven inch episode over in the Patreon. Just, you know. Quick little reminder to, you know, maybe go check out that Patreon where there's two episodes a week extra go up over there. It's uh, true. We do our seven inch episodes on Sundays and then Tara and I have our podcast home time on Thursdays every week. And then there's also we also put up bonus stuff. But right now, what's cool this year is we're doing um, we're doing the entire self abuse murder series, uh, one a month, um, on seven inch Sundays. And those are extended episodes. We do a uh, full hour long episodes, not only just about the seven inch, but about the serial killer or murderer, the that murder each, in question. Yes. That each, uh, seven inch is based on. So, um, yeah, that, that sounds cool to you. Head on over to the Patreon and see what we're doing over there. Absolutely. Um, but absolutely a little but true crime with your noise obvious i think this <laughs> was when we decided to do bacillus for this episode it was one of those like light bulb moments where it's like oh yeah obviously we need to do it's bacillus so right insanely now insanely relevant and, and right I, now it's and ridiculous I've always, <laughs> and i've always said gray is 
a, the Bacillus guy. Yeah. Because uh, you introduced us to Bacillus. You're the mm-hmm. first. You, you, you. <laughs> and you thank know, you for that. Yes. And I always associate Bacillus with, with you. So perfect episode to do. Uh, yeah. I got turned on to him in the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Uh, and he was not uh, as active around that time and then sort of uh, came back a bit in the mid 2000s and then dormant again and is now uh, putting out plenty of awesome new tape releases. They are all great. His uh, his style is his own and his technique is something that he's he's developed. I and like how I he says he's a really cool thing. So out of yeah, remission. Big fan. Well, is it and isn't the CD, the three inch that you did his was his first one back? It was the in yeah, yeah uh, it was amazing. the first release in like five years, but that was that was yeah. back in the the mid two thousands. Um, and uh, yeah, he's active again. Uh, he actually sent us. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not gonna talk about the files. I'm just you know, uh, I've, I've been I've been collecting the uh, the stuff on his label from the nineties, uh, clotted meat portioning. All in handmade packaging. Everything about Bacillus to me is unique. The concept is such a different mm-hmm. thing for noise. His techniques and the style of noise is very much a different thing. And I just uh, really have always appreciated sort of that uniqueness to his sound and his his associated visuals and artwork and accompanying texts. One of which, you know, I read at the beginning of the episode. So, yeah, um, yeah it's a very cohesive concept. Yes. Yeah. It's it, everything ties right into it. And uh, I think it's really cool. But... Before we talk about oh, this yeah. tape, Connelly's, oh, yeah. what have you been listening to? Yeah. Well, we've been in a big, we pulled out all our ground fault CDs. And so we've they look really so been nice going together. through the ground fault catalog and this spurred a big contagious orgasm zone that we've been in all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ground fault CD is so incredible flow of sound without parameter you are walking through a jungle you are sitting under a canopy of of what, jungle like stars trees. and trees but there's mysterious a- animals you don't yes. know what's going on it's nighttime you are definitely by yourself Ugh. you don't know whether or not you should be afraid uh you're in uncharted territory and it's it's quite a ride and so that's what we've been talking about a lot is we're yeah. loving the truly experimental nature of contagious orgasm like how it's like um you know experimental music exploring different approaches uh in these weird experimental times that we're experiencing right now i mean he's <laughs> constant there's so many different zones he goes in throughout his or, and i'd say he it's obviously contagious orgasm being you know hiroshi hasamoto but he did work with a lot of, with other people a lot of times it started as a solo project but he always kind of had collaborators and stuff like that this one does he also uh, went, he did, a, he's one of the Japanese noise artists that was kind of around since the 80s, and his style wasn't like yeah. the pedal noise, harsh noise stuff. There's a lot of drone, industrial, ambient, uh, even like pop music, I think, influence in his stuff. Like he totally uses he every so tool places. at his disposal to, to create his soundscapes. It's one of the things I think is really cool about it is like there's no, 
It feels the flow of sound without parameter is really a title that is kind of indicative to me of contagious orgasm of like totally. And he's still active. He's still putting out new material. Um, and there's a bunch of great reissues of the early tapes. There's a bunch of stuff from the 2000s you can find. Uh, we're lucky here. Amoeba always seems to stock that stuff. So I have picked up like so many of the more recent releases there uh, and they're just they're all worth a dig. And and also what we're saying is that we'd much rather have that as a contagion than what we're dealing with right now. So <laughs> we're we're pulling yeah, for contagious absolutely. orgasms. <laughs> um but also in the ground fault zone, the uh Kiyoshi Muzitani bird song CD. I don't have that one. Dude, I it's mean, it's so up my alley. It's, it's so great. It it's, is. It was a CD made for Tara. It is. It's. It is that. It's. It sounds it's, a bird. It's sampled bird sounds run through. I don't know. Yeah, whatever equipment they're using, and and, and sometimes it's not. Like yeah, it, it kind of yeah. does that thing where it's, sometimes it's manipulated. Sometimes it's just organic, and organic ebbs and flows. It's great. We can we've and again I think it is just maybe it is being in lockdown or whatever. <laughs> we've been enjoying the field recording stuff because it does just create a new world to kind of go into. And maybe it makes us feel a little connected to nature, you totally, know, which, like, which we're completely a little more disconnected. And I love startling birds. Uh, I like it just you know when a bird's just all of a sudden like catches you. There's off one bird bah! sound that is so psychotic. <laughs> it is. It I is love it crazy. so much. Oh, it's soothing. Um, it's wonderful. Also in that <laughs> similar zone is the Afflux CD, um, a French uh, uh, cl- group, uh, three different guys, and again it's like m- recorded and manipulated on site kind of stuff uh, around roadways. Just uh, I don't know. We're just so in the zone for it. Um, also, the Christian it's traveling. Re- we're traveling. We are traveling. <laughs> um, also, the Christian Renault CD, of course, Broom. Once he oh. started using his his own name, fragments and articulations. Uh, awesome, awesome CD. Yep. And what's great about the Ground Fault stuff is you can still get a lot of this directly from Ground Fault. Great deal. Just hit him up immediately and just grab tons of stuff. Uh, and then finally, a brand new album that was that came out this week. Yay! Is the new Purient on Tesco Casablanca Flamethrower? Absolutely sick! It was so it's sick. It's so good. It's intense. It's like totally perfect Purient on Tesco. It's, mm-hmm. it's like everything about it fits. The titles are amazing. Sounds oh, are amazing. Everything. And what's great is that you know when you order it, if you order it directly from. Uh, the Tesco band camp, you get the, you know, you can, you get the digital the, the digital immediately. First. So it can, who knows how long it's going to take in these, in these crazy days, but we have, we are, we can already listen to it. Uh, and it is. Yeah. I love that phenomenal. style when you get the digital first, cause then yeah. you feel like you actually bought something. And then when you get the other one, it's, it's like, like yes. it's like getting it twice. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like having <laughs> your birthday absolutely. right before Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, so yeah, already definitely in in uh, in the contender for in the in that top of the year already. So uh, incredible album. Psyched to have a new prurient full length double LP. So it's it's nice and long mm-hmm. and just great great bunker vibes. If Absolutely. Since we're 100%. on the bunker right now, yes. it's a perfect yes. bunker album. Right on. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's that's been the that's kind of the main chunk, you know. Uh, we've been, we were putting on a lot of other Contagious Orgasm albums as well, but that that's the one that kicked off our zone. Yep. Uh, and I have a feeling we're going to be talking a little more about Contagious Orgasm, maybe. 
Oh, next might week do. Or two. Might do. Oh, okay. I hope so. I hope okay. so. Okay. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> uh, how about you, Gray? Oh man, I uh, I know we did the. Uh, like last week, well, a couple of weeks since uh, when you guys will hear this, but we did a, a live Instagram sort of hangouts. Uh, what are you listening to? Recent listening thing. And so I talked about a lot of the stuff I was listening to in that. One thing that has kind of stayed in the rotation is the Francisco Lopez uh, through the looking glass five CD box set with oh, hell a yes. giant Very booklet. Cool. Talking about field recordings. This is all like process mm-hmm. manipulated field recording stuff. Really, really fantastic. Uh, it's got a couple of the older tapes, uh, which I, I have a good stack of his old tapes and uh, field recording stuff. But the box set is just convenient and nice and sits in the studio. So when I'm in here working on Vernet Weapon stuff or trying to edit some stuff, I, I can just have this playing in the background and it feels nice. Uh, and then in did the, you say did you say it's a collection of older tapes? It's well, it's a uh, it's five discs and one of the discs it has two tapes from the 90s on it it's material from like i want to say 90 i might be wrong 93 up to like 2008 it's got like a a wide array of stuff and uh one of the cds is two two older tapes from the 90s that i own um I think I sent you guys a photo of my my Lopez tape collection. Yes, That's yeah, yeah. So no, you good. have a, you oh have my a lot god, of those really tapes. Very cool. It's good stuff. I actually this has put me on such a kick that uh, I've been I've been picking up CDs left and right. I'm waiting on a a big package with like eight Francisco Lopez CDs in oh, it. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Uh, just just like completely, you know, reinvigorated uh, by this box set, and then uh, another box set four four CDs this time, but it, uh, the Ultra Delirious Elaborations box set on Dom. Um, four discs. It's all the full lengths and uh, collection of some some seven inch tracks. Uh, it's I think it's still available for like twenty dollars. Ultra is like such a weird. They straddle the weirdest line. I think we talked about it with Sienko. Is that like Power Electronics, Nurse with Wound, HNAS, actual music? Because there's like there'll be bass guitar, weird samples, or almost like skit like stuff. Um, and like full, like full bore, just insane, like flanger vocal deranged, like early power electronics styles, but it's all really uneasy and voyeuristic and sort of music concrete. And I'm like, this box set is awesome. This thing, this is like, I would say essential. The ultra box set is really fun. Oh yeah. Um, really, really cool stuff. Uh, I've also been listening to a lot of Robert Terman, uh, in fa- in particular, my favorite Beyond Painting, which is just like a, an absolute masterpiece. I also listened to Flux, which has some piano on uh, a couple sides, but it's like it feels like Gamelon tropical vibes almost. And then I picked up a, a Zio Voider CD, but it's from like 97. And I, I don't believe that Robert Terman's on it, but he was in the band earlier on. And uh, it's like weird world music and kraut rock combined <laughs> like it's really it's really kind of a funky disc that makes very little sense and also is like a, a thoroughly fun thing to listen to like i don't know i could see this like i could have gotten this from Sole moon in the late 90s and it would have made like perfect like oh if oyuki conjugate were obsessed with tangerine dream <laughs> Nice. And couldn't, cool. and couldn't decide on a style. Uh, and then uh, a couple more things. I got uh, the Kingston Family Singers. Uh, 
one of our wonderful patrons sent this along and it's a, a 50 minute composition that's like weird glitch frequency uh i don't know mutated ambient with some nasty it's it's a weird one <laughs> i don't know quite how to describe it um and uh it looks pretty killer and each cd copy of it has a, a secret track on it which is customized for the person that's getting it uh, and i actually cool. have one sitting here for you guys <laughs> Oh, Yay! very cool. He sent uh, someone over this way for, for the Connellys as well. So you will hear this. Oh, Sanitize it, put it in a baggie and mail it to us. Yeah, whenever, <laughs> whenever we next see each other, uh, there'll be a, a CD in there for you. Sounds great. And then the last thing, uh, you know, I've mentioned Noise Now playing on Facebook a couple times. Uh, it, it's a killer group where people share like whatever they're jamming. And it's uh, it inspires me to check out things and pick up things or like realize I missed a certain release by an act I liked. And so I got the Work Death Tender Comrades CD on Samata Productions. And uh, man, Scott Reber is like a straight up master. And this disc shows why it's got all the sounds you want. It's like perfect, weird ambient and textures. And it's I don't even feel like describing it. It's like put it on and soak it in. It is so good. I've listened to this one like four times. It's like it's just good stuff. So work death. Sounds cool. Work death. And uh, that is what I have been listening to. You know, oh, I will talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've been listening to so much stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's the time, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, trust me. Listening. It's uh, it's good. It's super inspiring. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not hating it. That's why I'm pulling out box sets too. Is like I got time to listen to four CDs right now. <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> so I'm gonna put on those four CDs and just enjoy. And it's a, it's a cool thing to get like a large view of a project like that. You don't always have the time yeah. to to drop on a full box set, but now I've actually got some segmented time. Yeah, we to can do have that, completest so. listening sessions right now. Totally. Dude, looks like it's time for an epidemic. It's, it's time. We're, I mean, we're in it. It's epidemic time. What a! This is from 1995. Clotted meat portioning, his own label. I think I already mentioned that, but I'm mentioning it again. The packaging and he for was, these things. Sorry. No, no. He he was in Cleveland at this time, right? Because yeah, I think of him as Seattle. Mm-hmm. He's been in Seattle for a long time. Uh, maybe like. 20 years or something now I want to say but okay. at the time that this stuff was recorded he was a he was a Cleveland guy. Um cool. We played a show together back in 2004 I want to say uh when I did my first tour and it was it was awesome. He put a a biohazard sticker on a bunch of stuff like walked around putting stickers on things and wore a hazmat suit and uh played like homemade records. It was really it was a really wild and awesome show, and wow. I was super excited to see him play. Did he did he put the hazmat suit and mask on, like in front of the audience? He described one of his shows that he did. That. Yes, he and did. then he handed out face masks. I, I, like, I like that. I like I love the it. doing it. Yes. Like I like the putting on the suit and mask as part of the performance. Well, what he did is he put a he put the suit and mask on, put biohazard stickers on things, and and went out throwing uh, like unidentified powder on people. Yes. So this must be, this might yeah. even be the show we, we 
we, uh, we were we, reading we, about. Yeah. yeah, we got a bunch of old interviews, and he this that's exactly what he said he did at the show. So this might even be the show that yeah, and handed out masks. To the audience. I don't think that uh, we got masks on. then, but oh, maybe okay. it was an earlier okay. earlier thing. It was a, uh, it was yeah. awesome. The, this tape is uh, it's done in the classic old school style. There's uh, there's love it. A oh, hand so cut good. label placed over the cassette sides and glued down with perfectly cut holes. I I think that those came cut from him. Because this stuff I was going to ask if you cut those. <laughs> no, I think this is cut from from him. This is a meticulous wow. folded cardstock scored with a spine, mm-hmm. like little envelope wallet thing for it that runs maybe about five inches by uh, by two and a half, three inches with a pocket inside. And there's a couple inserts, uh, one of which has the song titles. Yes, song titles. And one of which has uh, the thing I read at the beginning of this episode. And it's all very distinctly uh, Xerox 90s computer halftone feeling stuff. So it's very textural. It's It's so attractive. Stapled at the at the points where the pocket meets. Uh, Some of them are even even more advanced. Some of the other releases on the label in terms of like using paper that's a different color on the inside and stuff or using two sheets of paper. And they're really just awesome releases Uh, looking things. Um and uh, some of the stuff I treasure in my collection and the sound on this thing is it's a C20. He mostly works in short formats. Uh, when I, I released a thing, we were talking about the, the three inch CD and that was a, you know, 20 minutes of material. It's just nice. It's just kind of what he does. To the point. Yeah. yeah and and he's, he said in interviews that, you know, he thought that that was the most appropriate way to approach it because, um, you know, Bacillus is a genus of gram-positive bacteria. Um, there's about 266 named species of them. Uh, the most famous would be uh, Bacillus anthraxis and B. serious, which is food poisoning. So anthrax and food poisoning, shout out. It means stick. Uh, but also uh, the thing that I love about it is that he makes that really relevant in his work. And so when you get, you know, small sporadic growths of bacteria, um, then they lay dormant for a while and come back and he's thinks that's the most appropriate way to approach it. And I absolutely agree. I think it's so cool. The, the sounds of this, this is just, this is just that great organic, just, ah, just old school sounding noise, you know, just like, I don't know. It it lives and breathes, you know? Yeah. So uh, like, I think that, his sound is really unique and it, yes, it is old school organic noise, but also the, the processing, the, like the way every, everything's overloaded. I, I read in an interview, he said that he sort of discovered, uh, his, his desire to make music and, and wanting to experiment with things by, uh, playing a tape into a boom box and recording it with the levels all the way up and then hearing how it distorted. And he liked that more than the actual mm-hmm. music he was hearing. So that's part of his process is <laughs> taking other music and finding a way to destroy it. Now it, you hear little snippets of actual music in here every now and then or yeah, something yeah. that might be identifiable, but it's never like, oh, that's a song or, oh, that's something. It's like so blasted and such an afterthought, like a hearing a second and a half of a song as a car drives by or something like it's really nothing to latch onto. It's not some of the stuff is feels slightly musical due to the loop nature, but it's nothing that's that I would say is a, you know, sounds like pop music or something but i know for a fact from seeing him play that he uses uh glue records which is he takes a record covers it in glue 
and then peels the glue off and plays that glue impression of it. So it's backwards, inside out, and the Whoa. channels are in a phase inverted. So you get the left channel from one groove and the right channel from another groove. And that's fun. And it's backwards and inside out. So whatever you take from that is already going to sound completely messed up. Then you're doing it on something low quality like glue, and then you're running it through effects or overdriving it into a, into a preamp or some other thing, you know, an EQ or something. And you get these, the, the type of static and gristle he gets on these things sound really amazing. Like everything is fuzzy, crackling, hairy, bursting, uh, nasty sounds. And even when it's pleasant, it's, it's a wild ride. Well, I guess this is what kind of gives me that organic noise sound that kind of why I use the word organic because it doesn't feel like it's being through a pedal chain. Yeah, it doesn't feel it's made through like it electronic pulses. It does feel pulses. like it is like yeah. an overdriven yeah. signal through like a receiver and stuff like that. So that's so that's kind of that's that's kind of the feeling I get throughout this whole tape. Yeah, I mean, right right from the start too, slow cortisone drip. Got this like cascading, oh. warbling, just mess of static, and these tones creeping through, and it's like a maybe it's it's like a couple of his sources fighting each other or something. You get like a, a feedback or like some sort of distorted uh, tone or progression or something, but then you've also got these sort of like just layers of things falling apart, and I think that's a good uh, a theme that goes through it, and a good way to think about it is like you. There's these just layers and layers of different oh, yeah. static and distortion and warbling. And I, I know from other interviews, he also uses tapes a lot and like erases parts of them and blows out parts of them and makes tape loops from discarded tape he finds. So some of those things like a worn out tape being blasted through, you know, recorded as hot as it can and then played back to another thing. You get this. There's a lot of cyclic feeling stuff in here, which I think with the concept of Bacillus works really well, especially with mm -hmm. some of the some of the tracks like the swelling continues. I talk about a little bit of, of uh, musicality and like that one to me is like it feels like uh, someone switching channels on the TV. You get little bits of like music and daytime soap opera, but not in any way that's recognizable. It's more of a feel than it is sounding like that. And these that one's really fast moving. Yeah, well, it's so funny because like when I heard slow cortisone drip, I was like, there's nothing slow about this cortisone drip. And then the swelling continues comes in and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, that was slow <laughs> compared slow to this. That is very slow. Slow cortisone trip drip. What I wrote is it's slow and fast. Like it's like <laughs> it it's, it's somehow both. And it is that nauseating warp that just starts the the tape. And and cortisone's a corticosteroid, and it slows your immune response. So if you have been infected, that's or if you have inflammation, that's that's what it does. All right, but, the, but <laughs> apparently the Fights cortisone back. drip didn't work because the swelling continues. No, it, it does continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like this one because it's it feels when I say switching channels, it feels like rotating through a few like old school television. Actually, I had that image of it because it, it's everything sounds blown out like a like a old you know. I grew up in the 80s and and like, you know, the old television with the big knob yeah. on it and the crappy speaker built into it. And like, it's that kind of distorted blowout that you're getting this like cheap speaker Oof. television, bad signal. And it but it's it's changing between like six channels on this big clunker. So you've got 
you're you're it keeps changing, but it keeps returning to certain motifs. You keep going coming back to certain sounds or type or you know types of sound or distortion, and it sounds really awesome. It's like it's cut up, but it's not. It's cut up and it's fast, but it's not jumping around everywhere. It's jumping around in a in a controlled area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's it's not like yeah that jarring change. It's somehow it feels like yeah this overarching thing and in it. I mean, maybe it's just the swelling. Maybe that swelling. That swell. I uh, thought it was like an inward scream, like some a, a scream that can't come out of your throat, and it's just trapped there and getting just scrambled yeah. and scrambled. And Gray, as soon as you described that TV, I just had this really vivid memory of poking on the speaker. Like, you remember how there was that fabric over it? And it oh, was yeah. thin, and you could poke on the speaker, and it'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I used to love that. And they'd be like, stop doing that. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> I want to poke it. We, uh, we were reading through some old Bacillus interviews and it's pretty amazing how what he's talking about 20 years ago, it's insane. a little more is actually happening right now. He's like the world is ripe for a pandemic. Uh, well, so can- this is, this is a pretty great yeah. quote um, that I think is pretty amazing how relevant it is to right now. He says, diseases are getting stronger, more contagious, more resistant and more deadly. Just about every strain is resistant to at least one pharmaceutical drug and many resistant to many resistant to all but one with no other more powerful drugs ready to come out for years. The systems put in place by countries to deal with pandemics are woefully inadequate and will not contain a quickly spreading epidemic. Ah, Cubacillus so, noise. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> not only is that relevant to this tape epidemic but it is relevant to the world we live in right now and he talks about this a lot in a lot of his interviews i mean obviously this is some this is something that he's been studying and immersed in for i mean seemingly his entire life you know his interest in this you know started very young and and it seemed to really coincide with his discovery of noise i mean he says it was 1986 where he first heard mersbau he was in high school so cool and you know and that he just that was it you know it's he just he went off the deep end and, and just went into the whole, went into the world of noise and, you know, concurrently with noise, you know, his fascination with, with, you know, science and biology and, and all this stuff at all, it, it all grew together. And so mm-hmm. it's just really cool. How he fits it into, into his project. And it's just, you know, again, it's just really, really, you know, he, he really did foresee what's kind of happening right now. Was not wrong. Quite relevant. Quite relevant. We we come up on uh, the third track on the A side, Microbe Strain, and this one's so cool because it's got this like shifting tone, and then it just turns into this cavern of static. But it's different in each ear. You get this nice stereo difference on it that like this track's fifty nine seconds long. I mean, again, the longest thing on here is under three minutes. It's really short and to the point, and Burst. but it's long enough to get the point across. Where sometimes really short tracks don't work as directly. This is like you're you're in it and you get it and then it moves on to the next thing. And I really like that. And when you said cars whizzing by, like, I think this is the track of like, you know, cars whizzing by a street, like kind of like a little fuzzy roar and like just active whizzing. Yeah. And and it is the the brevity of his stuff really does. I mean, you know, you know, we've said it, we'll probably say it again, but it really does it fits the project so well and it is incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
muscle muscle tissue left exposed is the most painful track. And all I could think of was the exposed muscle 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 tissue tissue. just burning and searing. Like flesh-eating bacteria have come across the top of your skin and eaten everything off and your muscles exposed or something's caused tissue to become necrotic and you just have this crater and it's just throbbing. And like it's that all-encompassing searing pain where there's literally every sense is taken over by this pain. There's no... There's no, there's nothing else but this immediate feeling that you're getting from the muscle tissue. I kept thinking of muffled screams. It is. This is a <laughs> incredible track. Ouch. This one, this one is really good. I wrote necrosis and cutting in my notes here because it's the both, yeah. both of those things come up as imagery with the title, but also yeah. just with the, the layers and the peeling back of the layers on this track. Uh, and this is actually one that ends with just like seconds of distorted music you can tell maybe like the the distortion is peeled away a little bit and you get like a couple seconds of something that's faintly recognizable as music and then right at the end yeah hemorrhage caused by blow to head which might be just my concussion talking from the last track (laughs) 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 that music do i hear me do i smell cookies do i hear music Dude, totally. And it's just like burning tires. It's just like the hemorrhaging is just like covering your entire like brain and eyes and ears. And it's just completely overwhelming that your head is cracked open. This just made me think of what a great metaphor noise is for like what goes on inside a human head. You know what I mean? Like whether or not it's like our blood rushing through it or our thoughts rushing through it. Like I find it to be such a good like representation of what it feels like to be in our minds yeah there's there's such a like a heavy crackle to this one but it also at the same time sounds to me like a like an empty tin can like on the side of the road like this just like hollow nasty painful grotesqueness this one i thought might be a turntable source just the nature of the sounds and the vibe it was giving me i felt uh, i was i was thinking yeah that's a good call more than more than tape stuff but i i felt like a turntable like manipulation on this one uh i mean this is primitive noise to me you know in, yes. in the best way in, yeah in, in in the like yeah and again maybe like you're saying tara like it, it is it, it's the sounds of our insides and then when the insides come to the outside this is this is the sounds of it but man we well that was side a we flipped the tape <laughs> and this i mean y'all know me you can probably guess this is my favorite track I had a feeling <laughs> this accelerated this re- cancerous growth is my favorite track on the tape. This, this has this it kind of like a, a a quick slow. It's like a slow, and then it just accelerates immediately, and then there's these these waves that wash uh, throughout the whole track. I love this track too. Yeah, the, yep. I, I really there's a, a penetrating like warbling high end, and then it. It just it starts it's it's movement it's spreading you can feel it spreading and moving through the organism, and it's it's the most subtle of the pieces I feel like especially at its length it's two minutes and fifty one seconds so it really has time to like fold out unlike some of the other threat tracks I swear I hear some uh, someone talking some voice in the background almost yep. a bit yep. towards the end. I- I thought I did it was too. scientific speech. I had the same. Yeah, it's very obscured, so you really yeah. can't tell exactly what it is or what's being said. But yes, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Track. There's no point on this where like any of the elements where I'm talking about music or or voice or something is like 
at the forefront or even meant for you to identify. It's all still so obliterated or so like not really there that it's it's not like here's a sample. Well, he goes he'll use samples later on more more directly, but like on, on this tape specifically, there might be something playing, but you cannot tell what it says. Uh, no, not and all. it had a really cool, really cool junk, just like a junky sounding ending, just trashed. I, I really accelerated cancerous growth. This this is my standout. If you got, if you only, can only pick one track, is this one? It's so good. Then from one of the longest tracks at two minutes and fifty one seconds, we go to one of the shorter tracks at under a minute with mm-hmm. protoplasmic resonance. Resonance. So, uh, protoplasm guys, it's, uh, you know, all of the, uh, the goo inside of a cell, like it's not the cellular wall. It's like all of the material where the living part of the cell lives. Mm, protoplasm. Ew. This has a churning, vicious sound to it. And there's these noise that tries to fight through. Maybe it's trying to fight through the goo and and the crackles. Like I, the, you know, it made me think of just like that, those, um, medical recordings and things like the protoplasmic resonance is just the like natural vibrations of this cell. Um, and it's got those like weird little crackles cause it's a very stable track. Um, and then even the next track, the neuron misfire, I thought it, it heavily sounded like it reminded me of, Oh, like the medical recordings. Totally. Um, I thought it sounded like a medical recording, at least initially, like when they're, you know, you you hear the, um, blood flowing through veins and arteries. Um, yeah, definitely reminded me of that. Well, neuron misfire is like thin and sharp and maybe it, it, to me, it was the misfiring of a neuron. Um, I, it actually really sounds like its title. It, it's yeah, it's yeah. A th- a thin hollow is a, a word that I thought when I was listening to it. And it's then there's like a blast and it the, the tone of the piece changes. It's only 54 seconds. It's actually, I think, the, the shortest track on here. But there's that like blast that cuts in and then it, you almost get this like. I would call it rhythmic, but it's not because it's a misfire, right? So that's, it's like, it feels rhythmic, but it's not rhythmic. It's, it's something misfiring. So it's trying to catch a rhythm, but it's, it's not firing on time. And it actually, the, the title fits the piece perfectly. Yeah. This is my favorite track. Um, and neuron, like when a neuron misfires, um, and fires out of sequence, it can cause the surrounding neurons to fail. So it creates like, if it's in your brain, it creates like an electrical storm and that's a seizure. So a neuron misfire is a seizure. Um, so all I could think of in this track is just like, you know, you hear the like normal firing neurons and then something goes wrong and then it just causes this like crazy um, like domino effect to happen. And then I don't know. I thought it was really intense. Yeah. This, this one's, this is a, <laughs> this is a sharp track. Neuron misfire. Yeah. Pointy sharp. And then we have a sudden broad scale infestation. This was the, the rushing blood, the panic, the spreading yes. of a disease moving on to moving finding a target and moving on to the next as fast as it can this this it, track it, is it opens nervous panicked frenzy and uh, it's wow <laughs> it i mean it's just like a slap in the face when it opens yeah. i mean it's just <laughs> it just whoa here it is uh longest track at almost right under three minutes. This is the epic track on the on the tape. The yeah, opus. This is 
Oh man. And then it's this thing where like loops are like overtaking other loops and attacking other loops. And then sounds are like piling on from various directions. Like they like, it's yeah, this is just, this is, this is a wild full track. And then the end. Yeah. I, oh no, I, sorry. I, go say, ahead. I, I like the way that it's like, um, it's metallic, but it's not junk metal. Like any time that there's like a noise wall, it's never it's never quite junky. Like you were saying, it's like it's more like decomposing and yeah, shredded. This it's, is very it's much very that. primal. Oh yeah, totally. This, yeah, again, yeah, primitive primal. But again, mm-hmm. I think that just fits, you know, Bacillus. We hit uh, the cell wall collapse, the last track on this thing, at a minute and a half. I was reminded of scrap metal here, actually, and this, it is metallic. It's bashing. Mm-hmm. It's that that just nasty junk sound on this one, and scr- just screeching. You get you get some good screeching in this one. It's it actually is. It feels in a similar vein to to sudden broad scale infestation. Feels kind of like a continuation in a way because again, it's a lot of sounds piling on, loops turning over themselves. I mean, the cell wall is destroyed damaged collapsed yeah cells could scream this would be the sound of the <laughs> yeah, cell screaming yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean this is just what a way to go out i mean yeah he's he worked great in this short format you know yeah it, it's it's so a perf- it's so perfect for what he's doing i love it you didn't meet him when he was in cleveland right no, I I didn't know him. Uh we the first time we met was in you Seattle. You didn't I mean it was after you lived in Seattle, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was living in Detroit I mean. by the time I heard any of this. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh Yeah, I I uh just he was active, I want to say on the like the malignant tumor list maybe or one of the other mailing lists of the uh the late 90s early 2000s scene and yeah, right. And uh <laughs> you know the some of the stuff was reviewed in Audio Drudge, which was uh, Jason Mantis from Malignant's old zine that he did, uh, and he was. Yeah, I think he was stalking the Bacillus stuff in the catalogs. I should actually dig out my old Malignant catalogs from from then and see. Ooh, uh, just for fun, do that anyway. Yay! Yeah, I mean, that, I think I know. I probably have some from the from the very late nineties. I know I have some ninety nine and two thousand stuff, but maybe a little earlier. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I just I just had gotten in touch with him to to get some of the older tapes if possible and uh get uh, you know, get a release out of him I think in the when when the reemergence 3 inch came about. And <clears throat> that one was really fun. I packaged it in a in a small white box, a 3 inch CD painted a like hospital scrubs jade green with red blood splatter on it and Nice. Uh, there were, I think I made a total of like 14 or 16 different inserts that were all cutouts from, uh, medical texts. And then I would only put, uh, a certain number of them in each box. So I think my box and maybe a couple friends are the only people that have a complete collection of inserts for oh, wow. that release. Ooh. Um, and the rest of them were, you know, it was, it was just a random selection of whichever ones I felt like stuffing in there between like six or eight. <laughs> Some medical trading cards. Yeah, I, I wanted to make each one kind of unique, and then it also included a uh, like a hospital mask thing, which I might need to use. <laughs> I know you gotta <laughs> dig them out. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a really fun release to work on. Peter was. Uh, 
really easy to work with on it, and it's it's one of my favorites in the Contradict three inch catalog. Certainly, uh, I just listened to it again recently. Um, full disclosure: working on a, a proper CD for Bacillus, I believe it'll be the the first CD of uh, it'll be new material, um, and we're just finalizing that up right now. So more details on that. Hell as it yeah! Cool. Well, and, and this Bacillus this does have- episode has nothing to do with that, and it was actually in the works before. Uh, the CD was well, in the works okay. like well before, but it's it's like so timely. And I, like I said, he's been active. I've been picking up all the tapes. So, well, again, you're you're the Bacillus guy, so <laughs> yeah. it's it's fine. No right? disclaimer necessary. Uh, yeah. We but, we but, wanted to do but, this, but I think Bacillus. It, and it, again, it really fits in to this the '90s American noise. You know, mo, you know, there is something about it where it's. You know, when you think of haters or you think of Bacillus or you think of macro, it's like you don't think of like like the Merzbau, like two tables of synths and mixers and pedals and all this stuff. Yeah. You, you think of just like the junk and the nastiness and the and just the, the rot and the tapes and maybe one pedal or maybe an overdriven receiver or maybe, you know. But also like a, a, a good concept. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like a yeah. solid um, idea behind it. Yeah, that's one of yeah. the things about this is the, I mean, like, Macro certainly used diseased, like, you know, diseased images and stuff on mm-hmm. on uh, album art and some of those concepts, but, like, the, very, there's very few sort of uh, noise projects focusing on it with, like, like, a medical bend, and I know, like, uh, Steel Hook Prosthesis or Prosthesis <laughs> would be one yeah. one project that came a little later, but that has a you know a heavy medical bend, and uh, there was a really great three CD set uh, with Ball and Subclinic and Dijon, I want to say, called uh, the Abominari, and that that set was like a, a weird medical hospital focus thing, and really cool. But there's not. You asked me to make a list of like medical themed noise and there's not really a lot of it well and i i don't think to the extent that peter goes into his titles his yeah, yeah i his... mean attracts morgue had like hospital themed nurse fetish like sure, that sure, kind sure. of dead yeah. body stuff but this is like a this is specifically about virus and disease and the spread of them and, and it, their their effects on society and an individual body and he also enjoys reading about it, and, uh, well, yeah. and you can find articles he suggests in his interviews. So read his interviews. Yeah, that and he would go takes to, you down a hole. He would go to lectures, you know, yeah. of biologists, and and yeah, reading all these. Things. I mean, it, he, and even in his interviews, you know, he's he's talking on a very different level, and he's and he's you know speaking about noise through this idea of you know bacillus and disease and. And, you know, it's somebody who's genuinely into something and interested in it. And like, I mean, and sometimes even if you don't share that passion, it's just so interesting to watch somebody else, you know, work their way through a subject that fills them with so much passion. I mean, he says it himself. He says in an interview, my projects intend to serve as a sort of warning as to what lies ahead for mankind if nothing is done to correct the current course of action. And, you know, hey, hey there you go. No one listens. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Miles away, but still being able to communicate <laughs> in <laughs> in lockdown. Yeah. And under quarantine. And he's a uh, true. He's got a couple of newer releases out uh, in 2019. Uh, Bacillus the Rita, 
Collimators the Ocean collaboration on Lake Shark Harsh Noise, uh, Serial Infector cassette on Nefarious Activities, Out of Control cassette on No Rent Records, and the Nightmare Bacteria cassette on Bacteria Field. Uh, I got them all. <laughs> they're they're great. Yeah. I, I like high you know highest recommendations for checking out any Bacillus stuff. Um, now, full disclosure, we don't have those new those new tapes. No, we don't. Is it is it I guess how do, what is the where, where do you see them fit, sitting sitting in with like this tape? I mean, is it is it or my favorite uh, Pandemo Plasmodium? Well, that's an old one. That's yeah, a nineties one. Saying. That's yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> where, where do you where is he taking his sound? Uh, you know, since epidemic, it's a continued push of this same style, but refined and and changed and modified. You know, like. It's it's still Bacillus 100%. So if you're getting a Bacillus release, you know what you're looking for. Uh, there's, I think, maybe more samples sometimes to kind of give context to the songs, uh, especially with the sort of rash of diseases we've had in the last decade or whatever, you know, or viruses we've had. And um, rash was a, was a joke, guys. Ha. Oh, oh, got it. Got it. Damn it. Ha. <laughs> Damn it. It's not a segue. You guys don't even notice. <laughs> um, no, it, you know, I blame the screens, you know, the screens yeah, you know, just made, we're oh, so, it's, it's so hard. Yeah, it's hard to, <laughs> we're losing, we, lo- we lose a little of that personal that, interaction. That but personal yeah, fun. I would say in lieu of finding these uh, fairly hard to find early Bacillus tapes from the mid nineties, the new tapes are equally fantastic and, and worth checking out. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh Bacillus is is great stuff, and the the new releases are as good as the old releases, and just absolutely perfect noise for this time of quarantine, uh, this time of pandemics. Yes, Bacillus is is the way to go. So this this tape is incredible. the 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 slaughter tape actually, I think the titles are so on the nose for right now, um, but. At Noise Extra, we do have a policy of somebody has to own uh, a thing we do. So that's yeah. Sadly, we don't have it. We don't sadly, have it. but yeah. We so so. Also, you know, uh, I wanted to do a tape on on his label, Clotted Meat yeah, Portioning. I I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it was. They're, I think that was a good. They're special. They're, I, I totally agree. I know. I think. I think this yeah. was uh, this was such a great one to do. Um, uh, not that a slaughter yeah. tape, a deadline tape, or a self abuse tape, like not that those are any yeah. less special. And he actually uh. he has a three inch that was on uh, Cipher Productions as well. There you so, go. But yeah, but, uh, but it's so cool to do the to do something on Clotted Meat because yeah, what a what a great label to for anyone to kind of try to you know dig around and see if they can find any of these tapes so they're they're not uh they're not they're not necessarily around dig around in the clotted meat yeah 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 you got to mm. dig around in some serious you clotted need a scooper. meat i just the, uh, the visual right. aesthetic of these old tapes is really is really special the the inserts the way they're all put together they feel very handmade but very professional uh they're fragile in a special way i they're just like i said these are some of the pride of my collection i keep them all together and they all they're all uh Special things. Hell yes. yes. Wow. Well, Bacillus. Bacillus. Thank you for this tape. Yeah. Hell yeah. And thanks for the, you know, 
bacterial wormhole you took me down. I'll have to put it in the noise extra feed because I got some cool pics. Tara's got some. Tara went down some serious bacterial. Please. Anything, anything off. Oh, I guess, I guess they're on the phone that we're using to. Yeah, uh, you know. We're still figuring out the best way to. to, I was checking out a lot of gram positive stains and then looking at when the episode drops. uh, Just blast the Instagram stories with. uh, Hell yeah. She's art. She's got them saved and ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, I got some flagellates to show y'all. I've been talking to Peter a bit uh, in planning this episode, so I think we may do a little Q&A with him uh, and, and tack that onto the end here. Oh, that would oh, be that awesome. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, yeah. let's, you, let's go ahead and just say, hey, stay tuned for a Q&A with Peter <laughs> Keller, a.k.a. Bacillus. All right. Thanks, everybody. Cool, cool. Thanks, everybody. Well, first off, thank you, Gray, Mike, and Tara for featuring one of my works on your podcast. It's truly an honor, and I hope to join you all in person soon after this is all over. I know we had talked about having me come down before, but now that we are all quarantined, this certainly seemed as good a time as ever to discuss Bacillus, even though I'm doing this remotely from my laboratory here in Seattle. It's our pleasure to get a chance to discuss this with you, Peter. I guess we'll start off with the basics. How did you discover noise and what drew you to it? So let me set the stage. It was about 1986. I was 16 years old and in high school in a cloistered, sleepy, rural suburb outside of Dayton, Ohio. And there was absolutely nothing interesting was uh, penetrating the bubble of where I was trapped in. I was very hungry for new and exciting music outside of what I was hearing on the on the radio, and my friends were all listening to pretty much all the same things. The, uh, the most left-field music I ever knew about then was maybe Depeche Mode, and it was considered, quote, art fag music. Everyone else listened to classic rock and hair metal, and... I just knew there had to be a world outside of what I was being exposed to, but I had no direction to find it or access to get it. But one day I stumbled across a college radio station barely within range, offering a whole new world of sounds. I happened across a show that played my first exposure to projects that would later figure prominently in my listening habits, such as Nurse with Wound, Interested in Neubauten, Cabaret Voltaire, Psychic TV, some stuff like that. Uh, the show cracked open just a wide horizon of radical sounds that I was desperate for. I taped the shows and I played them back in the middle of the night when I should have been sleeping, just basically uh, memorizing each atonal note. They were pretty much my soundtrack through the rest of my high school years, keeping me sane. No one else around me had any idea of this world of monumental sounds, so I felt like I was being let in on a secret. So I continue to keep these tapes. And as the tracks often weren't introduced, uh, to this day I still discover releases that have appeared on those, uh, on those ancient tapes. And after a move to Columbus in 1989, I was exposed to more aggressive sounds. I had tracked down a 
seminal 1986 cassette compilation from the audio magazine TELUS. I think it was issue number 13 called Power Electronics. And, you know, back then, Power Electronics meant something different than what it does now. Um, it featured more extreme sounds from Marisbo, Le Syndicate, Control Bleeding, things like that. Um, I found a record store that carried some left field sounds. I had more, you know, access to the, you know, to the strange sounds that I was uh, really hoping to find. And then after finding magazines like Banana Fish, Sound Choice, Option, Fact Sheet 5, and I pretty much dove headlong into the home taping and trading scene, uh, just ordering based on the most compelling descriptions. And through them, I got my first exposure to the extreme noise scene from Japan that was just starting to be distributed in the U.S. You know, projects like Incapacitance, Masana. Uh, they quickly became my new favorites among a whole new sea of blistering sound. You know, those, those early 90s, uh, they were rife with discovery. And I pretty much hoovered up as much as I could find in that pre-internet age. Those telescopes are pretty amazing. That's a good, it's a good foothold to get. How and where did Bacillus begin? What was the inspiration for starting the project? And was there anybody you were networking with back then? Well, during that period of discovery, I came across PBK. It's a project from Philip B. Klinger, who was on Realization Recordings. I was uh, taken in by his work, and I struck up a correspondence with him. And later I shared some of my early recordings, pre-Bacillus, that I made with some equipment that I had borrowed. He enjoyed them and he gave me some uh, encouragement, but at this point I still felt like I hadn't found my voice. But uh, during this period I had purchased a, uh, a new dual cassette boombox where I discovered a delightful malfunction. It could play cassettes in both decks at the same time, acting essentially like a four-track mixer. So basically routing through the headphone jack into a separate deck, I could make my own tapes. But uh, they still weren't up to the caliber of the pure grating sound that I loved to hear and I wanted to make. But uh, one day, I had recorded some tape edits with the levels, accidentally turned all the way up. Since I couldn't hear what was being recorded because of the nature of the setup, the roar of that natural distortion rushed out when I played it back. So that, that sound was all chopped up into a textural wall of shards. So that was pretty much what I had been looking for all along. I had a friend, Mark Gunderson. He was in a project called the Evolution Control Committee who created sound collage and experiments kind of like negative land, you know, stuff with the satirical edge, um, but, you know, no real harsh noise elements. But his intense creativity was very inspiring for me. He was the one that had the most recognition in town, and he had the context to set up shows and opportunities. He helped me get a radio show on the Ohio State College Station, where I did freeform record collage similar to what the negative land members did with their show on the edge. And he helped get me my first live show as Bacillus, uh, 
where, incidentally, I got subsequently banned from the venue. His, um, his own experiments with sound, sound formats and equipment, and his willingness to share his discoveries combined that with me being a fan of other projects in, involved in the plunder phonics and tape collage scene led me to undergo my own experiments with physical formats and equipment. But uh, while others were interested in recontextualization, I was more interested in entropy and decay, which is also reflected in my use of degraded and de uh, deconstructed tapes and records. Uh, the sounds that uh, resulted, the sounds of decay, of breakdown, of the obliteration of what came before it, reminded me of what disease does to a body. And thus, Bacillus was born. All those various gene elements finally it came together into a whole. It wasn't until 1994 when I moved to Cleveland that the first cassette, Pregnant Disease Formation, on uh, my own label, Cluttered Meat Portioning, uh, came out into the world, uh, spreading out into the unsuspecting public. Uh, that release and the next one after that, the second shock, left the patient dead. They both were dealing with disease in a more general, generic sense. The themes being that the sound itself was a manifestation of disease, mirroring the processes of how the body decays once pathogens take over, infecting one host at a time. By the time Epidemic came out, the themes of Bacillus were becoming more and more focused each time. I dove further into research, and the more I did that, the, I became more fascinated with how epidemics came about and how ill-prepared humanity is in dealing with these uh, invisible agents of disease. It became more and more apparent that the very real possibility of another grand-scale epidemic was uh, looming. It became just a matter of when, not if, and the world seemed to be very ill-equipped to handle it. So from epidemic on, the warnings on each subsequent release became more dire and the themes becoming more obsessively single-minded. The style of packaging of your label, Clotted Meat Portioning, is unique, fragile, and seems somewhat labor-intensive. How did that design come about and what was your inspiration? Did you approach any other labels with your material or did you just start to go it alone from the beginning? My aesthetic was definitely influenced by gross tapes run by Akafumi Nakajima um, of Abe. I was always drawn by special handmade packaging, and I wanted not to use the standard J-card Norelco case. I had developed the cardstock pouch as an easy way to have a standardized case that was easy to duplicate and assemble. And although it was... Fragile in a sense, at least it wasn't a plastic case. Even today, half of the Norelco cases I get from people arrive busted, cracked, and broken. I decided at the beginning to release my material myself. Right from the start, I recognized that the nature of uh, DIY was encouraged and that one can just as easily make up tapes and send them out. And I figured that was the best way for an unknown act to start and get the name and material out. You've gone dormant at times, only to reemerge with new releases after a span of a half decade or more. 
How do you feel your new era of sounds differs from your 90s work while continuing the same themes? My activity mirrors much like how disease organisms work with periods of being active and then receding into the background, then reemerging again with some renewed strength. Uh, the old gene elements like the old original tapes and record constructions are combined with new material to create newer and stronger strains. Uh, even today during live outbreaks, some of my first records that I made back in 1993 were still used. It's uh, crumbling, decaying sounds combined with some new edits and constructions. And up until the last period of dormancy, the same crude was set up with the same malfunctioning boombox was still used for recording until it finally quit working. I, I now use an actual mixer in my current setup, which allows for a more live, uh, improvised feel with what I feel is more intensity. This new intensity in sound is because this message has become more urgent. The world conditions have become more dire. Uh, the problems since the 90s have only increased. Nothing has gotten better. And we're surely stepping into the first stages of a slow motion cataclysm. How have your techniques changed or evolved since starting the project? What sort of equipment and processes were you using early on, especially on Epidemic? I started with a crude setup of low-grade consumer equipment, mostly found at thrift stores like turntables and Walkman cassette players. I mangled cassette tape, re-recorded over it. I would re-spool found cassette tape I uh, would see on the side of the road. I made tape loops and edits, cut up flexi discs, and records that I made out of glue, which was a technique mentioned by a friend of mine long, long ago. In those days, I didn't have a single pedal, no distortion, no delay, no effects of any type and certainly no loopers or samplers. And for the large part, that remains the main source and setup that I use today. The only things that are different is that I now use a mixer since my boombox finally gave out about nine, 2010 or so. And I've been using, for the past 15 years, a custom stereo ba bass boost pitch-down shifter. And I... Occasionally use other simple custom noise generators, contact mics, some some other effects pedals. In the 90s, you were also active in a project called Womb in collaboration with the person behind Aerosaur, which seems to only have uh, one proper release and a live cassette, both on clotted meat portioning. How did the approach of this project differ from your work as Bacillus? So while Columbus provided me with the start of Bacillus, it wasn't until I moved to Cleveland in 1994 that I was able to plug into a noise scene. There was an underground DIY club called Speak in Tongues, which was infamous in its own right within the weirdo community, but, but upstairs from it was another place called the Pieta, which was the place for noise. Anyone who was anyone within noise who passed through there played at that place. I've seen Mersbow, Masana, Condom, Rapoon, Crash Worship, and so many more play there. And, of course, I played there as well. I struck up a friendship with the fellow noise weirdo, Bryce Einman, who had a project called Aerosaur. I loved what he did, so I released some of his material, 
and we decided to do a collaboration together. Uh, the idea behind Womb was to create an atmosphere like you were inside of a womb with a lot of diffused, murky sounds that were unidentifiable, and combining our different styles into a thick morass of amniotic fluid. What's next for Bacillus, and uh, is there anything else you're involved in you'd like to talk about? I have a few releases coming out as Bacillus, slated to be released whenever this quarantine is over. One is from Angst out of Italy, another from Foul Prey, and there are a couple others I will be working on that will be quarantine editions from deathbed tapes and nefarious activities. Uh, once they are available, they can obviously be ordered directly from them or distros like White Centipede Noise, Scream and Writhe, and others, and from me directly through my Bandcamp site, bacillus.bandcamp.com. I'm active on Instagram. You can search for Bacillus there. I have a whole host of other projects, but they would just be too long to list here. So I think what you can do is uh, if you look for me on Instagram, you find me there, just ask me about them. I'm more than happy to share links and hopefully you'll be able to find something else you might like. Do you have a personal position on sanitizers? I have a an interest in self-preservation, so during this time I am a proponent of using them, but not all sanitizers are created equal. Uh, Alcohol-based sanitizers are best, but they can be used incorrectly. People may not use enough or wipe them off before it's dried, and it's less effective on dirty or greasy hands. And I think people are overly reliant on sanitizers. Hand-washing with soap and water is the most effective solution. Uh, Germs, like viruses, uh, have a layer of fat surrounding them as a protective barrier from the outside elements. But soap breaks down that barrier of fat, and they die. Do you feel that bacteria experience time? In our uh, current state of the universe, matter and energy naturally degrade towards... Uh, an ultimate state of uniformity, uh, moving from an ordered to a disordered state. This is the second law of thermodynamics. A decrease in entropy, called negentropy, occurs with respect to the information generated in any living thing, uh, information about the surrounding environment in which any living thing is collected and recorded, and behavior is adjusted according to what that information is. Uh, This information persists through time, so as by definition, it must. So microbes experience time through the constant forward momentum of active information gathering and response. But I think part of that question is if the organism is conscious of time. Uh, The ordering and integrating of concepts intellectually and perceptually through time that defies that second law of thermodynamics, which calls for a movement from order to disorder. So information processing, storage, and recall, they're all negentropic activities. Experience can be defined as an interaction that results in negentropy. So an entity or a system is phenomenally conscious when it is subjectively or individually negentropic. Um, Phenomenal consciousness 
in its most rudimentary form has been defined as an entity's experience of individual instances of subjective conscious experience. This means, of course, that most organisms are phenomenally conscious. For example, a, a tree's exposure to sunlight is uh, subjective. That is, you know, it's contained with, unified within the tree. And that tree responds to the stimulus by actively orienting itself towards the light. So clearly information about the sunlight has been processed and stored in the tree and recalled to drive a beneficial pattern of growth. These activities are all negantropic. The response of a tree towards the light provides conclusive evidence of a subjective negantropy. And so under this definition, a tree is phenomenally conscious. And obviously that can certainly be applied to bacteria. Uh, it is not advanced consciousness like what we ascribe to ourselves, but we do tend to give lower life forms a short shrift on their abilities. Bacillus is certainly a striking genus. Are there any other microbes that you find inspiring? Streptococcus and Staphylococcus are part of the normal microbes that typically reside on uh, in, in the skin or the nasopharyngeal region, but these species can potentially create uh, skin infections, and they're also able to cause sepsis, pneumonia, or meningitis. Uh, these infections can be quite serious, causing a systematic inflammatory response, resulting in mass shock and, and death. The recent rise of drug-resistant bacteria that are increasingly causing problems in world health are of the Staphylococcus variety. And these are the ones that sometimes get called in the, in the news uh, the nightmare bacteria. One of the bacterial diseases with the highest disease burden is tuberculosis, caused by the Mycobacterium tuberculosis bacteria, which kills about 2 million people a year, mostly in the sub-Saharan Africa. And obviously the coronavirus is one of the most transmissible diseases that also have a high degree of virulence. One of the largest epidemics in modern human history was the coronavirus, which caused the pandemic of 1918, which killed about 50 million people worldwide, uh, with about six, uh, 675,000 occurring within the United States. What does the coronavirus sound like? Well, this particular virus attacks the lungs, causing pneumonia uh, and an infection of the tiny air sacs inside your lungs, where your blood exchanges oxygen and carbon dioxide. It then develops into difficulty in breathing, which then sometimes advances to what's called acute respiratory distress syndrome. As the fluid collects in your lungs, they carry less oxygen in your blood. And so that means your blood may not supply your organs with enough oxygen to survive. This can cause your kidneys, your lungs, and your liver to shut down and stop working. So the coronavirus could be a thick, murky, fluid sound, kind of labored and sluggish with uh, an increase of distressed sounds until the end. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about my work. So until this passes, remember to wash your hands, stay home as much as possible, and stay six feet away or you'll be six feet under. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. 
You can find us on Instagram at Noise Extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.